Welcome to the coaches meeting. That's the coach. Cool. I'm Grant Cohn. Not a coach. Just quality control. General quality control. Back from a week hiatus. The draft is like two weeks away. So we're going to be talking about that today. Uh, and the coach has done his homework. So I'm eager to hear what you got to say. But right. first we got some we got some breaking news. Or right. And this is this is national. Apparently there's a rumor that Nick Cazario will be out as the Houston Texans GM after the draft and that Adam Peters will replace him. This is big news. I mean, it kind of makes sense because they hired D'Amico Ryans. They gave him a six-year deal. And if, you know, they gave him the power that the Niners gave Kyle, then D'Amico's going to pick his guys. And his guy is Adam Peters. His guy is Bobby Slowick. Um, that would be... I mean, what do you think of the Niners potentially losing Peters after the draft? Uh... <clears throat> I feel like uh, we're very critical of all people inside of the Niners, and I feel like deservedly so. Um, that's what the that's what the job entails. I just feel like Adam Peters is he's away he's out of the line of fire of truly being scrutinized. You know, he's the GM, but he's not the GM. He's the he always gets credited when things are great, right? And, and I'm not saying that he doesn't deserve the the reports that come out with his name on it, you know, but being able to come up when you're doing good and then being able to just duck off into the shadows is not the job of a GM, you know? So we don't really know everything that an Adam Peters would bring truly sitting in the seat. That's one. Right. Mm -hmm. And for, if we're really going to do it, you know, let's kind of have fun with it. So if, if Adam Peters can get credit, let's where's Adam Peters, when we drafted Trey, where's his in? Where's his input in that? Where's his input when we miss out? When we missed out on Solomon Thomas? I mean, where was Adam Peters there? Uh, yeah. Where was Adam Peters when we missed out on um, uh, Trey Sermon? You know, where where was his input on that? You know, so uh, I understand that you know we play on narratives, and he's always in a good light in our eyes. Right. Because he always he's the wonderkind, the yeah. the avant-garde outside thinker. I mean, at one point we were almost trying to give him credit for finding Brock until like we went like until we like. Delved. Anytime anything good happens, it's like, oh, that must have been Adam Peters. Right. I've never heard of him doing anything bad. Yeah. Right. And I'm not here to say that losing him wouldn't be a blow, but we do have a war chest around us. We have a scouting department that predates the coaching staff that we have here. I mean, this scouting mm -hmm. department has been here since the McLuhan days. And it right? predates Adam Peters big time. Yeah, it predates yes. Adam Peters, right? Yeah. So um, then we have John Lynch, who has been very shrewd in making the moves, making the midseason moves and the front office moves that have always helped us down the road. I don't know. How how what how many how many of Adam Peters' fingerprints are on those decisions, right? But right. there's a reason why he's not the head man now. And you know, as far as uh, you know, fantasies are concerned, yeah, I guess it's always been whispered that Adam Peters is our GM in waiting, right? When John decides to go get his bag, right? How so? I can see how that could sting. Where somebody go ahead. Grant. It just felt like it didn't feel like Adam Peters was waiting around the last few years for John Lynch to leave. 
And he kind of yeah. got the feeling like, because I mean, he, he's been interviewing places, but this is a good job to have. And I think he was waiting around, but doesn't look like John Lynch is leaving anytime soon. So maybe and he the decided, Cardinals, look. The Cardinals are sniffing around too for um, yeah. Adam Peters. So yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I, you know, it's, it's almost. But it makes like, sense to go work with D'Amico, who you know. And it, it makes right. sense for D'Amico to bring him in. It's always about who is. It's not necessarily nepotism, but it's all. I mean, they they, they want to work with people they know and trust that they don't feel right. is going to backstab them or, or or say one thing and do another once they get the job. Um, yeah, I, mean, I just think it's, it's funny. That, see, it looks like D'Amico has the power in that organization right now. Like he's dictating. And that's a good thing. I mean, that's a good thing because at least they're locked in step. You know, so because um, remember yeah. he had options, right? He could have went to a bunch. A bunch of teams wanted him. I'm sure he was like, "Hey, look, if you want me, you got to give me a six year contract, and you got to let me bring in who I want to bring in." So. Je, uh, Nick Casario, sorry. Well, I mean, and that also goes to what you, that also goes to to what you know, what you can glean is being what you can glean from what is being said in interviews, right? Mm-hmm. So, a uh, D'Amico Ryan's, a uh, Mike McDaniel's, a Robert Sala, they're going in those interviews talking about process and infrastructure. They're going yeah. in there talking about the way things are done. You know, they're not just talking about x's and o's they're talking about hey listen contractually these guys need to be lock in step we need to all be on the same page because they're more dealing with the the monday to saturday right yeah that's what gets you hired as a head coach right so when you start to see those moves about head coaches going out to go get their guy their gm or their president or their certain coordinator um it's it's by no mistake that they uh they've come from our enclave and they understand how we do business and that's what's getting these guys hired right so losing adam peters for me is more of the same right because you know we don't regroup we reload so there has to be somebody else there who if you have a system the way we do there's somebody there watching adam peters we just don't know his name yet so you mentioned you mentioned earlier trey lance um i'd be i'd be interested uh the Niners, as an organization, have sort of decided. I don't know as an organization, but they seem to decided. They seem to have decided to go forward with Brock. This right. is a sort of a quick pivot. Last year it was Trey, so I wonder if Adam Peters is behind that decision, or this is a good time for him to say, you know what, good luck with Brock. I'm going to go with D'Amico. We're going to start over. We're going to have uh, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, or maybe some mystery option behind door C, which we're going to talk about in a minute. But I wonder if, you know, a lot of people have been bailing on the Niners the last few years, coaches, front office guys, and now they're getting opportunities. But I wonder if there's been a a disagreement of opinion on what to do with the most important position and people who lose out uh, in their argument leave. I wonder. I wonder. Well, this is, this is, you know, eating high off the hog. If you, honestly, if you're making decisions like this, because now we're talking about, leaving a winning organization to go get a Super Bowl or leaving a winning organization to go to a lesser organization because you think you can do it better, right? To go to that's a blank not, slate. Yeah, that's not yeah. leaving a bad situation that you can't get better. So for I feel like, yeah, our problems are our own and this is the little, the universe, right? We, you know, this is the soup we swim in. Our problems are mm-hmm. our own. But mm-hmm. as soon as somebody leaves the 49ers, they are officially not a part of our organization anymore. And you are persona non grata as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, so, I don't think Kyle or John's going to sweat it, honestly. Yeah, I, I wouldn't sweat I, it either. Probably look at him as replaceable. Yeah, 
Ha ha LOLOL is a new member. Thank you That's so awesome. much. That is really nice. I appreciate that from the bottom of my heart. Um, Christopher just gives me five bucks because he's feeling generous. Thank you, Christopher. Five is where it you belongs. Got, that's that he Christopher has five on it, which is nice to know. <laughs> Moving on. So I, I don't know if you've put this to get if you put the two and two together on this, but to me, if uh if the plan is to bring in Adam Peters, if that's the Texans plan after the draft, is the plan for them to trade for Trey Lance? Let me let me let me paint the picture right now. They got the second pick in the draft. I think they would want Bryce Young. This cognitive testing is is kind of getting going viral. Let me explain. Brock Purdy was good at it. Trey Lance was good at it. The Niners value it. Now all of a sudden the whole league values it. Bryce Young off the charts with this S2 cognitive test. CJ Stroud apparently not. So it's looking like if Bryce Young goes one, maybe you know Niners South, which is the Texans, might not want to work with CJ Stroud because of this test. That's the case. They could take Will Anderson or someone else, a defensive player, right, and call the Niners and trade for Trey Lance, right. That seems kind of plausible. What do you think? I don't agree with that. I don't think that's plausible for a okay. couple of reasons. All right. One is if you're D'Amico Ryan's, you don't want to come in with somebody else's child. That's not your guy. You didn't pick that guy. You traded for him. Um, Real quick, couldn't you say? They could say it was Adam Peters' guy. It was Bobby Slowest guy. I mean, D'Amico's a defensive guy, but maybe they were on Trey's side of the organization. Sorry to cut you off, but it's possible. Yeah, I mean, no, they could sell it I that mean, way. No, I'm I'm going to let you cook, but D'Amico <laughs> Ryan's, again, is the head coach. You know, we... we, we it's true. The same level of scrutiny that we hold to Kyle, as, as vicious and as pragmatic as it is, Every coach in the NFL deserves that. And you can't be a coach being able to already have plausible deniability because you can blame your quarterback on your GM, which you push to get in your GM, by the way, like, True. come on, man. Like that's such a Kyle move. Sense. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah. Make it make sense. So um, that's what I, that's number one. I think that losing with the guy that you didn't pick that, somebody else picked and you were the defensive coordinator which means that you were not even remotely close to the yeah. to the trade decision right it's not even like again let's touch on it like i could see if D'Amico was an offensive guy at least mm -hmm. in some way he could say i was in the room when we made this decision i was around i know the thought process and the workflow that went into getting trey lance yeah he was not around for that he was the defensive coordinator he may have given his input on maybe how he processed defense occasionally, but that's not something that was in his wheelhouse. So I don't, I don't think taking on Trey Lance just from an optics level, that's my big point right here um, would work Two, the injury history. Um, mm -hmm. So Trey's coming in off of the messed up ankle. So we don't even know what Trey is and when he'll be ready. Um, three, the offense that they've chosen to run. Um, so are we sure that Trey Lance is, I mean, it's already hard enough to lateral in a quarterback that's not yours, that's young, that's unproven, that hasn't played a lot of games. But Trey Lance isn't even a ready-made product from the throw. We just got excited about him throwing a, a spiral. Like his mechanics, we're talking about how he releases the ball, getting all of those reps as time on task with a rookie head coach 
It wouldn't even be fair to D'Amico Ryans, let alone Trey Lance, to put him in that type of situation. And the lease would be extremely short because there's already context on Trey Lance. So it's not like he come in as a rookie where he at least has a long enough leash where people have, you know, he's like, he's ours. We, we drafted this kid. We spent the pick on him. I mean, that's one of the reasons why half of us are still on Trey because of the price that we spent on him. So getting a guy that you traded for, um, having a guy that isn't even ready to play once he gets there and your kernel decision for moving him there would be because your GM, your new GM, thinks that he's the guy, I just don't think it would work. Okay, let me argue. Let me make the case for why the Texans might want to do this. Not for why the Niners, I mean, we know why the Niners would want to do it, but the Texans might want to do this. I think D'Amico's trying to replicate what Kyle did. He got the six-year contract. Um, I think, you know, Kyle didn't take a quarterback right away. He wanted to build the team up and add the quarterback later. He took a defense, he took the wrong defensive player. But that's what he wanted to do. Um... If there was a if Bryce Young were available at two, I think the Texans would take him. But if he's not, and they don't feel like there's a quarterback that's worthy of that number two pick, what they could say is, why don't we do what Kyle did? Take a defensive player, uh, get a stud, and I, I could get Trey for a third. You know what I'm saying? And, and that doesn't even tie me to Trey. We could give Trey a shot, start him. You know what I mean? Like we're not going freaking anywhere. We're the worst team in the league. Start Trey. See what he does. And we could draft a quarterback next year, or we could get a, a make a more serious investment in a quarterback next year because trading for Trey is like half stepping. You know, it's it's riding, it's hedging. It's a third round pick. It's nothing. It's like drafting C.J. Beathard or something. You could do that. That would be the way to sell it, unless they really like C.J. Stroud. In which case, why are you messing around with Trey Lance? But I don't know if they do. I mean, if they're the, if, if they're Niners the South. If they're Niners South, they're not going to want the, the the guy from Ohio State. I'm telling you that right now. And if he didn't do well in this freaking cognitive test, then like, oh my God, they're not going to want him either. Yeah. What's well, so, <laughs> so not trying to put you on the spot, but who's who? Have they figured out who's running offense over in uh, Houston? Bobby, Bobby, freaking Slowick. Oh, young Bob. Bobby so, B. Bobby V. So, I, I don't know. I, I mean, he. So that's another thing. He knows Trey. He's been working with Trey for two years. They could sell it that way, too. It's like, instead of bringing in a guy and teaching him the system that's so complicated, Trey already knows yeah. it. I'm telling you, man, like, they could talk themselves into this. I, you made a bunch of good points about why they shouldn't, but yeah. I feel like they could talk no, themselves I, I, into doing this. I'm you right now. You're yeah. walking me back. Um, so, yeah. I think it's a possibility, man. And, and, and it's like, why have the Niners not been talking about Trey? Why are they talking about Sam Darnold so much? Why are they meeting with DTR? Like, have they already discussed this with the Houston Texans? Is this something that's like, hey, man, given we'll talk draft night, but if, if the player you want is there, like these are the parameters of the deal. I wonder if they've already talked about it, man. It's not like, I mean, everyone knows each other's number. They can call I mean, D'Amico. If, if, if we're being, yes, they have talked. You know what I'm saying? It. Yeah, they can call D'Amico. It's not hard. They definitely talked yeah. about it. Um, I I would say if they have talked about it, um, we're the last to hear everything. So, <laughs> right? Um, yeah. But if they have talked about it. I think that walking Trey back and propping up uh, Sam would be what you would do. Um, exactly what you would do. Real yeah. quick, let me just let you let me just break down what the Houston Texans have to offer. They got pick thirty three in round two. I don't see the Niners getting that. In round three, they got picked 65 and 73. And in round four, they got picked 104. So I don't know if the Niners 
could get both of those third round picks or one of the third round picks, but I don't know if that's enough. But I think that's I don't think they're getting picked thirty three from the Houston. That's nah. they wanted two and a four. Like good luck. I don't think nah, so. that's not happening. I don't but I, I I mean Trey, I mean Trey is in play. You know, part of uh, the yeah. fun. But they Trey said it. They play. said it. He's in they play. Yeah. yeah. Um. And and to be honest, all right, man. Damn it. Because now when you think about it, right? Yeah. They may get. They may. They have. A, they may have a little bit of PTSD with what it took to get rid of Jimmy. Mm-hmm. Um. Mm-hmm. And. Mm-hmm. And holding know, on to him too long and, and hoping to get more. It's like, oh, if we yeah, hold on to him one more year, his his value will go up. No, it goes down. It goes yeah, down. And a lot of, I mean, well, one of the things that I, that I do notice is that when they press on talking points, you almost have to kind of look in the inverse for what they're trying to get away from. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that John really pressed was Jimmy getting that surgery. Jimmy mm-hmm. opting to get the surgery without letting them know, right? And that's what kind of like put a, put a, a damp towel on his trade market. But mm-hmm. before that, they were holding out, trying mm-hmm. to get better, trying to get better for, for Jimmy. Oh, we could get a two. We could get two yeah. twos. No. Take yeah. the three. Take, Take the three. Move yeah. on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. I think a little bit of that may creep in with Trey, especially also, because if you think about it, they're, they're going to go into camp with, with four. They're probably going to keep three, right? Mm-hmm. Quarterback steadies, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So, if, if you know that Brock is your guy and you're very confident in Sam, right? Like if you think like, all right, look, we can game Smith Sam up. He's athletic enough. He's been around enough. But our locker room just doesn't need the Trey narrative, right? When you would do that is during the draft. While there's so much transactional, where there's so much transactional movement going on, right? Where it's like a Band-Aid. It's in the offseason. Mm-hmm. It's happening during the draft. And on top of it, is that you could go ahead and like get a new little toy during the draft to kind of like pacify everybody. Like, yeah, go ahead and get your Dorian. Go ahead and get. Go ahead and get your. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What's the kid from UCLA? DTR Dorian Thompson yeah. Robinson. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Go ahead and go get. Go get him. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And honestly, we're only pushing for Trey in spirit. We really haven't yeah. seen enough of him to True. to really be attached to him. So really, if they got a guy that in spirit gave the same skill set what Trey gives us now and kind of got away from Trey even I think I don't even think they want Trey to get his shot because if Trey gets to camp and starts bubbling that completely opens this entire thing wide open again wide open right because now Brock isn't coming into a seat that's waiting for him now Brock is coming into a hot competition Right. And I don't I don't know. I think they would try to do it. If I if I was Kyle, I would try to do it during the draft. Sorry. No, it's all good. I I feel like Houston's perfect for Trey, though. I mean, there's no expectations. They're not a good team. They're rebuilding. The head coach has a six year contract. Um, He wouldn't have to learn a new offense. That's all good. I mean, the team would suck. He would struggle, but he gets all the reps he would need to get unless Houston totally changes their mind and doesn't give him a chance either. But I mean, like. If if the, if the Niners didn't work for him because they're in a win now mode and they can't go through the, the growing pains, well, like Houston is one of the teams that is uh, positioned to like trust the process and be patient. Like, if not them, then I don't know where he could go, man. You know what? And I do want to go back on what I said about having a short leash. What leash? You're Houston. You suck. Yeah. 
You suck. And you need to know what you have in uh, Trey Lance because if he ain't it, you need to draft a quarterback in round one next year. So play him, play him all year and see if you can figure it out. I think that's the, but again, I don't, I don't know if it's going to happen, but this this makes you feel like it could happen. That might actually work. It might. It might. Because he does need the, he just needs the reps. He needs to be Uh left alone too. He needs to be left alone. Yeah. Yeah. With no one looking over his shoulder, no Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. He could do that in Houston. I, he's yeah. always going to have Brock looking over his shoulder or Darnold looking over his shoulder here. It's not really what he needs. Yeah. But I don't know. Something to think about. Spider Rico cool. says, wasn't Peters pro Lance versus Lynch process cause, uh, caused drama? Peters loved Lance. Trey going to install Sloak's O and Peters going to build around him. That's sort of what I was kind of laying out. It's possible that Peters is what was a whole... Maybe Peters was like spearheaded the Lance movement. And now yeah. Lance is done and he, you know, possible. I, I don't know. I wish I knew. Yeah, I, I mean, Zachary, that would, that, go ahead. I would, I would get out of if I'm Adam Peters. Professionally, you do have egg on your face if you stood on the table for Trey. Yeah, um, and, 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 and like the organization was like, "You're wrong. We're moving on. Thanks for everything." It's like, all right, well, man, I'm gonna go to Houston. Well, I'm gone. wrong. Yeah. yeah, I'm out. Yep, it's true. Zach says, uh, "Big fantasy football guy here and Bears fan." Zachary Coleman, Lance content hooked me, and I never left. Really enjoy your viewpoints. Here's to hoping Lance breaks out. Here's to Houston. Sorry. Monza, Toure, you lose rookie contract advantage for roster building. Um, true. I mean, true. With Lance, well, you still have two more years of mm. him being relatively cheap. He's but talking yeah. about Houston loses that advantage by it's the true. contract bill because that is true. You will have to pay Lance. I mean, ideally, you just take CJ Stroud number two, but if Houston feels like that's not a, the quarterback for them, then what do they do? Do they take Will Levis number two? Do they trade down? What do they do? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Or do they take the quarterback they know? Maybe Bobby Slowick loves Trey Lance. Maybe D'Amico loves Trey Lance. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure. I, you always talk about defensive coaches like they don't have opinions on quarterbacks. Like they faced him every day. I, when I used to talk to Robert Sala, he was very opinionated about the quarterbacks on his team and other teams. I bet you D'Amico, he's not like looking at at the quarterback being like, hey, Bobby, what, what do you see? Like he has a freaking opinion. He's, he's an expert. He played in the league. He what knows who he's of- looking at. I agree with you. It was kind of crazy yeah. that is even if this move is made, it in a way that is kind of that's a that's a that's a way of them saying, well, we our brain trust against yours because what you saw, what you saw is not what we saw. Yeah. So give them to us. Yep. And I I almost feel like there was a little bit of that with Mike McDaniel going to Miami, like. Mm-hmm. You know, that was right when the Niners were moving on from Jimmy. McDaniel went down there, got the left-handed Jimmy, and a bunch of dudes went with him. And he was like, I'm bringing Mostert. I'm bringing Jeff Wilson. We're just going to yeah. recreate the team we had in 2019 and yeah. put Tyreek Hill. It's like, that's kind of interesting, too. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you could see the way they did it. Uh, more so Mike than than Robert. But you could see that how he built his team was almost kind of like, these are the issues that I had with San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And this is mm-hmm. how I'm rectifying it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Jesse Naylor says Stroud has the same agent as Deshaun Watson. Texans were never taking him. Hey, good knowledge. Panthers may be trying to swap picks, so they are acting like Bryce is now their guy. Interesting, because I know they've been linked to to Stroud. Interesting. Could happen. A lot of intrigue there. The Cosmic Channel says I did Lance's natal chart. He has lots of Taurus placements and a Leo moon. He is a slow (laughs) starter, but he will be a superstar watch. There you go. Cosmic Channel just put it out there. What about me? What about me, Cosmic Channel? Tell me something good. Tired of Trey being white-balled. 
<laughs> Ezio Sanchez says, coach can be the head coach. Grant RGM, I'll play quarterback. You're in, Ezio. I love it. Heavyweight Hank says, getting a pick with Montana and Rice, should I buy a stuffed goat for the picture? Open to suggestions. Um, Get the picture and let and show it to us. Get the picture. I hope the Niners keep Trey, but if they let him go, I hope he kicks our ass every time. Man, Niner fans love Trey Lance. They do. Yeah. Yeah. Most of them. We're slaves. It's a story, though. It's like it's hard to just kill that story. They They're invested. They're invested. I mean, every, yeah. every Niner fan was like, okay, we'll wait two years for this to come out. It was like, remember when we were kids and people were talking about, Dr. Dre kept talking about the detox was coming out. It's coming out. It's coming out. It never came out. Ever. Man. It's we're still waiting 20 years later for the detox to come out. That's kind of like Trey Lance. He's the detox. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Kyle won't accept a third, says Monsa. I mean, that's a lot of risk for you're risking your entire reputation as an organization for a third round pick. It's pick 65, though. I mean, it's pretty nice. Yeah. All right. I just don't, yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. Finish finish. No, no, go ahead. No, I was, I was gonna, saying, um, I was just saying, like, uh, you know, even even there's a lot to be said about like small quarterbacks. And even if they go with Bryce, I think that Bryce Young is gonna be like the last experiment of yeah. the, the obviously small. Yeah. This guy does not have an NFL body, but he can throw it around right. guy. I yeah. think this is it. Yeah, because I agree. I agree. If he's yeah. not great, then it's like enough trying to take these, you know, um, yeah. anomalies would be the he word. Can do it anomalies. in college, but this is a grow. No matter how much you protect the quarterback, if you know he who, who he reminds it, me of? Brock Purdy. Jesus, yeah, he is Brock Purdy. If you put Brock yeah. Purdy at Alabama, man, he'd be lighting it up. Well, I mean, well, shoot, Brock. And the thing about Brock, I'm a Bama fan, which is crazy. Um, Bryce doesn't play with any type of suddenness at all. He's too cool for school. And ah, which you he, can do at Alabama because you got the greatest offensive line. Yeah. 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 yeah we'll He's see. gonna get knocked around. All right, let's move on. Um, the 49ers brought in Laquan Treadwell for a private workout. This is a wide receiver who is tw- almost 28 years old. He was a first round pick of Minnesota in 2016. Um, was a huge bust. And then he went to Atlanta for a year, Jacksonville for a year, Seattle last year, six mm-hmm. catches. Remember, famously ran like four, six, still got drafted in the first round. Was a big deal player at Ole Miss. Didn't yeah. translate. But he's never played for Kyle Shanahan. And Kyle, I mean, Jawan Jennings runs a four, <coughs> seven and has a role in this offense. What do you think of the Niners actually taking a day out of their schedule, busy schedule, to meet with Laquan Treadwell? Well, I'm gonna steal something from you. I because at <laughs> first when I when I first heard this, I thought he was camp fodder. Like we're just, you know, we're just getting a guy. Yeah. But yeah. given that they went out, worked them out, that there is value there. And one thing that I will say is that camp fodder really doesn't matter as much anymore, or it's not so much as a thing as it used to be, due to the fact of how much we rotate in, in guys in and out of our practice squad throughout the season. So more often times than not, a guy who makes the practice squad or is around, we're going to see him in, for about two to three games just by going off of the averages, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Juwan Jennings doesn't have any competition on our team as far as the, being a physical slot guy. Um, we talked about this with the exit meetings months ago. He drops passes. He knows how to route, 
Yeah, he does drop passes. Oh my he, God, does he drop passes? For a guy with great hands, he drops too many passes. It's like constant. And he thing. drops passes in camp. Like, oh, constantly, constantly. Yes. Like he he drops so many passes in camp. I'm like, man, does, does this should this guy make the team? And then right. he's a gamer. It's like, of course, yeah. But like, dude, like someone might need to push him a little bit. Yeah, and I and, yeah. And from your list of guys here, Grant, I think that's why Trey yeah. Will is here to push Juwan. To yeah. actually put some competition and some revital and to revitalize that spot. Um, also, uh, you brought this up um, to me earlier. Is that Juwan is going to be leaving um, in a couple of years? He's due. Yeah, um, he's going to be a free agent in twenty twenty four. Yeah, he's this is due. last year basically and, on the team. Yeah, and yeah. the thing about it is, uh, we create the job description here, and then the guys go out and they go find a better salary. That's basically what happens. Like, yeah. we, they come here, they get the experience. They Kendrick get, Bourne. Yeah. They get the workflow, and they run in a system that is starting to spread throughout the league. So that means that mm-hmm. not only is their job description mm-hmm. strengthening, but it's becoming more popular. It's becoming mm-hmm. more desired, right? Which mm-hmm. means that apropos teams that are not – that are – you know, we're, we're one game out of the Super Bowl. So virtually 90 percent, 95 percent of the team of the teams in the NFL are trying to get better. Right. Yeah. So yeah. they're going to find areas where a DJ Jones is going to find um, the deal that he got. You know, got Kendrick Bourne is going to go find the deal that he got. So Jawan Jennings is in line of a long line of guys that are going to go out there and he's going to flex his resume around. So I think Laquan yeah. should will would be a good stopgap along the way and another thing i think they would i think they're going to bring in some more guys for that spot not just laquan Uh, yeah i also feel like it kind of i'm curious to see what the niners do at tight end like people are thinking they're going to draft a tight end this year they really haven't invested in the tight end position at all i think they may look at it like look george kittle's a unicorn how many guys in the league are elite at blocking and receiving at tight end i see what you're about one one so i feel like what they're doing is like Juwan Jennings is essentially a tight end for them in the passing game. Like the routes he runs, the role he has, he basically is Jordan Reed. Now they don't really I mean he 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 blocks too, not like really like a tight end, but still I mean he's a he's a glorified tight end in this team and I he's wonder a if the tight, tight end, end too. Yeah, I wonder if if they're looking at tight end as kind of like a platoon position like you get guys like Jennings and Treadwell and then you get blockers like someone better than Tyler Croft. But like I think Maybe the, the tight end they're looking for isn't necessarily someone who does it all, but someone who's just a better blocker than Tyler Croft, maybe. Mm, well, I'll, I'll throw this one back at you. If you want to mm-hmm. if you want to convert him to tight end, what would Laquan Treadwell be juxtaposed to what Mohamed Sanu's role was when he was here? Right. And they're, they're, they're also trying to convert uh, Jordan Matthews to tight end, although I believe he tore his ACL last year. But they, they've, been working on, yeah, they've been working on that they've for years with him on the practice squad. Yeah. So yeah. I think they're interested in that, like the big, the big slot guy who's basically a tight end. Sanu yeah, is another you good get example. You two for one because if it doesn't work out, you still get productivity at the slot. Yep, absolutely, right, absolutely. Yeah. So I like the they haven't signed him yet. I, he, they probably offered him like, hey, bud, uh, here's nothing guaranteed, but here's if you want to play for Kyle, yeah, here's a lunchable. But if you want to play for Kyle Shanahan and like get your career, you know, off yeah, life if you support, get back in the ether, you know, yeah, you know, get your name yeah. buzzing. Exactly. Exactly. So he'll have to think about it. 808 Niner says if they trade Trey and BP can't come back, then they are all getting fired. It's just dumb to trade him before you see BP actually throw a ball. That's, That's why so I don't true. think they're going to trade him. I think it's That's just so true. 
it's scary. It's risky. It's scary. And the payoff is a third round pick. Like, not for a pick. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Just came in the chat and now you uh you got Niner likes. Thanks, Niner Lifer. I don't really get it. Jennings will be Houston wide receiver two or Miami wide receiver three in 2024. Official being at music 88. True. And yeah, Kyle for what we talked about, they're gonna find better roles on lesser teams. Reports out Niners scouted tight end more than any team, says Monsatore. Interesting. I mean, maybe they feel like they can't count on George Kittle being on this team more than one more year. Like maybe they feel once George hits 30, it could be a year-to-year -year proposition with him. I mean, I, who knows? A lot of players retire at 30. Barry Sanders Well, did. He's I got a WWE we, profession waiting for him. Like he's going to get a lot of money from the WWE. Yeah, no joke. I, and I'm glad no you joke. brought that up. The, yeah. The, football is not one of these like iconic everyman sports. Like it's not, you're not a tennis player where you, you get to transcend your sport and you have all of these brand deals. Like that's not football. You no. know, once it's the it's the shield, it's the brand, it's the helmet. Like you're replaceable, man. You're 85. Yeah. And Vernon Davis was 85. Now you're 85. There'll be another 85. Come on. And once you yeah. start transcending that, and I'm happy for George. This is not. And he like wants a, to. He yeah. wants to. He wants the spotlight. He wants right? to be a personality. Yeah. And I feel like the Niners are gonna get to a point where they'll say, "Well, George, go be a superstar. Yeah, go do your thing, man. Go yeah, be go a star, George. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because We're gonna get a football player." Yeah, we'll socially Sorry. engineer this. We'll get two or three guys yeah. to 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 be here in your stead. And, you know, honestly, what's really hurting George um, is that we don't have that second guy that can kind of do what he does. Um, he is still a special player, but... Um, he has to play like every getting, snap, man. <laughs> it's getting to the point where it's like, is the juice worth the squeeze? I, I, it's getting to that point now. And I feel like, because I feel like the Niners team culture is very, like, it's supposed to be, you know not divas, not celebrities, guys who just like the game, you know, guys who like the grind. And Kittle isn't that anymore. We're not that. He used to be. He's not that yeah, at all we're anymore. Not that. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's talk offensive line. Okay. A lot of people are intrigued with Spencer Burford. He played offensive tackle in college. He's got long arms, six foot four, played right guard last year. And there's a big question mark at right tackle. And a lot of people say, well, hey, can't they move Spencer Burford to right tackle? They've been pretty clear they want him at guard. Why? For, I mean, from... Your opinion, why did, Why is Burford best suited at guard, or is he? Well, he is best suited at guard, um, and I like him at guard because he can grow at guard. I feel like we saw the best of what he could give us um, athletically at tackle. Um, mm -hmm. he's, he has very good feet. He has strong hands, good leverage, and, and, and Spencer is very quick, too. However, um, uh, he has an issue with um, speed on the outside, and mm -hmm. he has an issue with strength of power. So mm -hmm. if a guy gets him moving, he has the speed to go, but if that strength of power transitions, once they get him moving, it's hard for him to anchor. Um, mm -hmm. And a lot of that comes from not being able to take on defenders in a, in a phone booth, i.e. Mm -hmm. guard, right, mm -hmm. where mm -hmm. you can trust both sides, both gaps of um, the interior. Uh, athletically, I, I want to circle back. Athletically, he has he's reached his ceiling at tackle because he's not six five 
six six. Yeah, well, really it seems like problem. the Niners really value height at tackle. Like every single right tackle they've had has been at least six six. Why is well, that so we, important for them? We're gonna get to that in the draft. Okay, okay, but, okay. It's clear. Um, I mean, it's a it's a clear pattern. Tom Compton, right. Colton Kivitz, Michael Kivitz, six eight. Okay, it's we'll important. talk about it. All right. Um. So. Um, and because that's another thing, because I don't think Spencer Burford is necessarily a fit, uh, a scheme fit for us. And it's, and I, and I don't want to say, oh, because he's six, four, but he could be six, four, but he could be six, four, as long as he played like he was six, six, right. Yeah. If he had a yeah. big, if he had a big frame about him and you and really used his wingspan, that's just yeah. not how he is. He's a yeah. really short, uh, he fires off compact. short and yeah, compact. And yeah. that stuff is gives him his ceiling at tackle, but he's untapped potential at guard. Got it. Right? Because yeah. now with all of that athleticism that he was yeah. using in space, he gets to be able to hone that down inside of a phone booth and get stronger, have yeah. tackle strength, have really good feet. He's got great feet, especially at tackle guard, feet. Right. Tackle yeah, feet he's against got tackle guard. Yeah. Feet at guard yeah. right yeah so he can see things coming and at guard he could be a pro at guard he could be a pro mm-hmm. bowler at guard mm-hmm. right okay. at tackle he would probably be serviceable but mm-hmm. he's he would see so much talent at that spot mm-hmm. it would be too much of a delta to cross to to, yeah. to get across for him at tackle so i think that keeping him at guard and actually ma- getting him stronger at guard with already the god-given ability he has um, it would be, I just think it would be a mistake to move him. He, he, I think he found his home. And then, and if you look at it, what's emblematic of that is that he didn't even play guard in college. He played tackle, right? Mm-hmm. right? And he came in straight up at guard and played the way he did as a rookie. Like, you don't, I just think that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. playing around with that type of productivity, a full season, and then just putting him in a new position, mm-hmm. you could play around Set with Set him up for failure. Set him up for failure. You can hurt no his doubt. confidence. No and doubt. Really no doubt. Lose him, you know, it's so, a good call. It's a yeah. good call. I'm sold. I'm sold. Uh, yeah. So let's take it a step further. If Spencer Burford is the future at right guard for the 49ers, what type of right tackle should they look for in the draft? I mean, we just identified that they look for taller right tackles. Why? Okay. So it's because of outside zone, it's because okay. of the running game. All yes. right. And yes, with, with, the run game on outside zone, you really need those tackles that can reach, that can get out on those on uh, those edges, that can sense. get up and go run. That, that surface sense. area. That, that initial block. They're that the point block. of attack on that outside. Yeah. That's why Trent Williams Him in the tight is end. such an yeah. asset because yeah. of his athletic ability and how yeah. he, if you think about it, the reach block is one of the hardest blocks for an offensive lineman to execute. It's impossible. And it's really Trent hard. Williams, you got to get around the guy and basically set up screen. And you're it's going hard. in the same direction as him. Yeah. And, and they can just blow you up into the backfield, which they do yeah. routinely. And you have yes. to have the nuance on whether to kick out, to pinch yep. down. Yep. And if you think about it, Trent Williams does that so routinely that and you he's only 6'4. He's only 6'4. He's a freak. Bro. Yeah. Um, he's a freak. It's only. Yeah. And when you, when you understand how hard that block is, then you truly understand the yes. talent. Of yes. Trent Williams. And that right side lets you know that think about what you have to do to engineer the athleticism that we get out of 6'4 Trent Williams. We got to go get a 6'6, 6'8 guy that can cover the same 
space area that Trent Williams can do on the edge. They had a guy at their pro at their local pro day yesterday who was six eleven playing right tackle. <laughs> I'm sure the Niners were like, okay, and they also got Alfredo who's six nine. So yeah. this is something they're looking for. Absolutely, yep. Right. So the reason why they do that is because they want that advantage on that edge and yeah. in that run game. In that run game, just having that point of attack, that huge point of attack, cut blocks, you cannot see off those cut blocks, banging mm -hmm. that thing inside. It, it creates a huge problem um, for defenses, uh, which leads me to, are we going into what we're looking for? Or is that yeah. you just yeah. want to say? Yeah, 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 okay. yeah, yeah. So I have a wish, I have a wish list. And the only reason I went with two guys um, for right tackle, because I feel like, out of the three positions that we need, which is edge, safety, and right tackle, those are our three primary positions, in my opinion, that we mm -hmm. need. Mm -hmm. There's a there's only one of, of those three positions that we're truly going to get because of where we are in the draft, unless we trade up, right? So Wanya Morris from Oklahoma is my wish list right tackle for the Niners. Um, He's a guy he, who hurt his hamstring running? Yeah. Yep. Um, okay. I, okay. I think that he is, he's played, he's a blue chip guy that has all of the reps. He's played against some of the best teams in the, in the nation. And on top of it, uh, he knows how to play fast. The boy can get out there and move. I really like Wanya Morris. Now we would have to Those do Oklahoma offensive linemen have been hitting last few years. Yes. I mean, Lincoln Riley uh, recruited him, right? Coached him, right? Yeah. Just saying. And yep. I don't, I don't think. I think we would have to reach to go up there and get them. But the Niners, we're really good on kind of having like annexed players off to the side that if you really pay attention to the to the minutia of how they're getting prepared for the draft, it kind of lets you know that they're coming to the Niners. So remember mm -hmm. when Brock Purdy worked out at Kyle Shanahan's quarterback situation and uh, there's other players, but Blake Freeland out of BYU. Okay. All right. Six eight. He's six eight. He runs a fast. Yeah. Thirty. Thirty seven inch vert. He's a freak. Okay. He moves. He fits the run game. He fits the run game. It's the run game. Yeah. Fits the run game, which is big. And he's training with Joe Staley. Oh. Well, there you go. Well, there you yeah. go. So, I mean, it doesn't guarantee they'll get him because they might have to yeah. maneuver. They might, but like that's plan A, obviously. Yeah, and, <laughs> and I think that yeah. I think that he's also a guy that would kind of like slide, and we could get him in like the third or the fourth, right? Right, because he doesn't fit everyone's scheme. Like, not everyone no. wants a six eight dude who's going to get blown back in pass protection like McGlinchey. Because this guy's yeah. going to get, he's going to have issues. He's going to be high cut. He's going to have issues with speed. The same thing. But again, the Niners are more concerned about running the ball anyway. Running the ball. Exactly. Yeah. Like when I first yeah. saw him, when I first saw him immediately, I was like, God, he cannot run block. I mean, he cannot pass block. Like, right. He, right. he gets moved. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And really, if you watched him in the senior bowl, the senior yeah. bowl practices, yeah, he got beat like a drum. But, but this is what they want. That would fall and somebody yeah. that I could see like, us engineering this as oh yeah he may not be a day one guy but in 2024 he'll be our yeah, starter exactly. um, so yeah Wanya we won't play him right away we can sit him all that stuff yep yeah so Wanya Morris and Blake Freeland are like the two right tackles that I think are realistic for us that we can get the kid out of Maryland he's gonna be gone I don't think all we're right. gonna get him 
Um, I don't think we're going to get um, any of like the high picks. It's just right tack. This is the reason why Mike McGinley got paid what he got paid, man. It sure. is hard sure. to get these guys, man. Um, so, yeah. yeah. Those and the thing is, when they get Blake Freeland or if they get Blake Freeland, like, he will make Niner fans upset. He's going to have those reps in pass protection too. All over. And again. you got to remember, like, this is what the Niners are looking for. It's not a deficiency. The, the thing with, with McGlinchey was like, okay, if that's what you want in a right tackle, you don't need to be taking that uh, with the ninth pick in the draft, even if it's hard to find. Because, like, man, you are passing on potential Hall of Famers to take a scheme fit at right tackle. Like, stop. Find that guy later in the draft. And I think maybe they will this year. Yeah, I'm okay with them doing this in the fourth round or in the third round. Yeah. Just not in the first round. Like, not in the you know what I'm saying? Team. All right. Give me what type of defensive end should the Niners look for in the draft? I All mean, right. they got Drake Jackson opposite Nick Bosa right now. And other than that, they got nothing. So what do you think? All right. So I got a wish list guy. Derek Hall out of Auburn is my okay. wish list guy. Okay. Okay. So he's a freak. Um, um, four or five can run all day. Um, and what's really nice about him is that his his signature moves are inside moves. So he okay. really likes getting into the inside, which is huge for what we're trying to do um, for our defensive line. Uh, I don't think he'll be there um, in the third round at all. But he is somebody that if we got him, he's literally like day one, book it, put, stick him on the other side of Nick and just be happy with what he does until we have to pay him one day. Honestly. I mean, Auburn, 6'2 254 runs a four five five. I mean, it looks like D four to me. So D four. Yeah, that'd be kind of that'd be kind of perfect. Exactly. It gives yeah. me D four vibes. Um because yeah. so, I to me, I, I real quick, I feel like Drake Jackson's an interior rusher more than an outside rusher. What do you look at Drake Jack? How do you look at Drake Jackson? I don't know what he is yet because I haven't seen him play consistently. Fair so enough. So I haven't seen him play tired. I I haven't seen him play hurt. Um, so from what I see, what they give us and the sample set they give us. And yes, I feel like they're, they're socially engineering. Hey, you are an inside rusher. This is what you're confident at. We want to build your confidence, right? Easy kill. I thought they, I thought he was replacing Arden key. I thought that was the idea with him, but all of, I mean, you know, he's young. Maybe, maybe they changed their mind. They changed their mind a lot. Yeah. I mean, and there, I mean, and to be honest with you, when you're dealing with the kernel of the team, which is our defensive line, you're you're obliged to change your mind because you're dealing with the literal tip of the spear. So yep. if you get a guy that you think can't do it in the in the spot that actually makes you can't your mess team around. go, you can't mess you can't around. mess around. Exactly. Which is why J- Javon Hargrave is on the team right now, and J- uh, Javon Kinlaw is either on the bench or on the block. So yeah, it is. yeah, it's too definitely. important. And which yeah. leads me to my second edge rusher that I like, Dylan Horton. Uh, I he reminds me of Charles Aminihu. Okay, his body type, uh, long, quick, always in the backfield, um, strong hands, good moves, and he's got a motor too. He reminds me of Charles Aminihu a lot. TCU, um, yeah, TCU out of TCU. Okay, yeah. And uh, Dylan Horton is a guy that I like a lot. Really, really good arm arm strength, like long hands, good feet. And he um, uses uh, he uses a lot of the moves that Charles Aminahue moves um, that he uses. So I like Dylan Horton. He's more realistic, honestly, that I think that we could get him down the line. Um, so I like him. And honestly, a close second is Felix and Aduke Umoza out of K-State. Okay. Uh, 
I like Felix um, out of K-State. He's he's very strong, but he's okay in the run game. Um, Mm -hmm. One of the things that I like about Felix is is that he was the guy at K-State. So he got chipped, hit. He he the same issues that Nick Bosa has with getting getting uh singled out on on the edge is the that's all of Felix's career. That's his entire mm. career because they never really found anybody that could get next to him that could play op- opposite him. So I really think that if we were able to get Felix it would just almost kind of be like a breath of fresh air for him to play with somebody where he didn't have to get honed in on him. This kid made a name for himself being singled out week by week, right? Being ran away from, being chipped, being double teamed. So I really, I think out of Derek Hall, Dylan Horton, and Felix Umoza, I think Felix Umoza is the most realistic edge that we will go after. Now, safety. Hold on just a second. Monsatore says Drake drafted uh, to replace Armstead. Uh, maybe. Maybe on pass. Re- I don't think so. No. Nah. I don't think so. Kyle Pratt says, I know it's not realistic, but if Houston offered the 12th pick for Trey and maybe a fourth or fifth should take, should they take the deal? Um, the 12th pick? I mean, they pick. would. They would. Yeah. But they're not going to get that. So I don't even think it's worth discussing. <laughs> they won't get that. Last, last position. What type of safety should the Niners look for in the draft? Deshaun Gibson is going to be a free agent coming up uh, after this year. All right. Well, let's think big. Let's think long term. Then, what the better question is: What safety is best opposite of Talanoa Hufunga? Right. Right. Because that's who's here to stay. Right. Yeah. So what you would need is a single high safety, somebody that can run, somebody that can cover, um, somebody who can keep a canopy on top of the defense. Uh, and for me, because you want to use Talanoa around the line of scrimmage sometimes, you, you don't want him to just be a, that's that's his strength. Yeah, you don't want him to just be. I mean, he's good as, as like a split safety, he can do that, but you also want him in the box sometimes, right? Right, and he and they right. do blitz and, him, yes. And Talanoa yeah. has also shown that, um, i.e., him responding to the Oakland game where he got much better, um, in the playoffs and was actually singled out four deep passes in Dallas in the Dallas game and he responded. So it's almost I feel like with Huff, he can protect himself in the backside on the back end. It's just not conducive to always have him back there. You don't want him right? to be single high. But the thing that's right. cool about Deshaun Gibson is he only runs a four six or whatever, but he's been playing single high his whole career. I mean he used to be in Jacksonville with Gus Bradley doing that uh Seattle stuff. I mean he has good instincts, which is the most important thing. Because Tavarius Moore at four three speed and couldn't play the position, right? And that and it does show that speed is can be overrated at that position. Yeah, um, yeah. it could be. Yeah, How quickly do you recognize it and break? You know what I mean? Yeah, and your angles and all that stuff. Yeah, your eye discipline yeah. and what you get yeah, caught that. on looking at. And right. for that, there's three there's three guys that I like in in the upcoming draft. Um, so we have a wish list. So the wish list is Daniel Scott. So, and I think he's more realistic. Cal? Yes. Cal? How do I know that? Cal. So. Is he, he's like 24, but he's good. He's a really yes, good athlete. He's, he's, yeah. he's, he's, yeah. Grant, you're taking my shit. So. Sorry. He, Sorry. <laughs> so, what else do I know about him? He's white. I, Dan, John Lynch is going to love him. So look. White safety? White safety? Daniel, he's rangy. 
okay? He's got four years starting. He's got 4-4 speed. Um, I think that he will be really good as a single high safety just for the maturity that he brings. I watched some film of him. He, the first thing, if I had to go with like emotional, like a, a, emotional tagging, I would say that he's a mature player. He plays mm-hmm. his age. Um, mm-hmm. He doesn't, he doesn't take bad angles. He's very sound. Um, he uses his speed judiciously. He's not just running all over the field, you know, mm-hmm. um, which, which shows that, um, I watched a whole game of him, and from the very first play to the very last play, same level of effort, same level of pop. Um, and he looks like a guy that, quite honestly, would be a good Jimmy Ward fit. Um, we'd be a good Jimmy Ward replacement, kind of just a guy that has good has good range skills. He's versatile. He's I think at four four speed, I think he's faster than Jimmy Ward. Um, and I also I think that he would it, it goes without saying that this team is tribal. So you almost need a, a mature rookie here, hmm. especially playing on a defense like ours. Right. So we're not just, you know, for us to ingest a rookie, you know, he's going to have to bring a little something and having a 24 year old kid would actually help in our situation, I think. So I really like Daniel Scott. As a matter of fact, I don't. All right, outside of Derek Hall, obviously. But out of all of the people that I've named thus far, if the Niners took Daniel Scott with their first pick, I would be happy with that because it would just I think it would just be a really good fit. So that's one. Ronnie Hickman out of O State, out of Ohio State. Now, he's 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 gettable too, right? He's not a high pick. I don't think he's really heralded, but he's got good size. Um, he's very versatile as well. So one of the things that I noticed about Ronnie is that he's really good in the nickel, paying that big nickel spot and playing down around the line of scrimmage. Uh, he can run. All right. He's not as fast as you would like him to be, but he's playing in a lot of big games and he's seen a lot of fast receivers, i.e. his own teammates. The, the Ohio State has had some receivers and I know some guys over there, and he's well-respected on that team. I I really like Ronnie Hickman, and he could be a guy that I see that we could kind of stash away, almost kind of like uh, who's the kid that we tried to get from uh, Texas A&M, and he's kind of hanging out, Leon O'Neal. Almost kind of like Leon O'Neal, a little bit better, though. A little bit better than Leon O'Neal, a step up. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then there's also another guy who's in the vein of, I think he's a flyer, but Playing around our defense, I think he could pop. And that's Jair Brown. He played safety for Penn State. Penn State? Yeah. Yeah, you're on it. Because I, I watch so much college football. It's just <laughs> what I do every so, Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Jair Brown, um, one of the things for an aggressive guy, what's, what's uncharacteristic for him is that he's got 10 picks. So – Aggressive guys don't usually get picks. They're so used to barreling down and, and, mm-hmm. and being aggressive in college, too. So mm-hmm. I, I when I watch him play, I feel like the same thing about the the corner that we lost. But is it Castro Fields? Did, oh, did yeah. Castro Fields play for Penn State as well? I forget. Um, no, um, no, no, no. K-State? No. What are you talking about? Penn State. Penn State. Oh no! Yeah, yes, 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 yes. He played. Yeah, Castro Fields played for Penn State, right? I think. 
I think that Penn State almost has a has like a scheme issue where they're telling their DBs to be aggressive because uh-huh. this is kind of like the second year in a row where I'm watching another DB from Penn State that is playing overly aggressive purposely where mm-hmm. he's he's not even looking at angles. So yeah. it might be something that I feel like because of how he plays, he definitely has a lot of athleticism and the 10 picks are emblematic of ball skills. You just don't let picks hit you in the face. You got to catch them. So uh, I think Jair Brown will also be a realistic guy. So with Edge, Derek Hall is the wish list guy that's kind of nowhere to be found as far as and William Morris. But every safety prospect that I've seen, I think is gettable. We, could, we, we would all have the chance to get every last one of them if we wanted them. Official BNA Music 88 says the anti-Trey crowd believes he's not good enough to start for SF, but good enough for another team to give up high value picks. That is funny. That Where is get the 12th pick for him. Yeah, good call. Official BNA, BNA Music 88. Glass half full guy says, I know this is a pipe dream, but if the Niners could have any player, do you think they'd take the O-line from Northwestern? Seems like he'd fit perfectly. Uh, they'd take a D-lineman. Are you kidding? They would take a D-lineman. Yeah, it's, it's what we do. It's, <laughs> it's what we do. Already know. As a brand. Hey, coach, great show today. Thank you so great much show. for breaking down all that stuff with the draft and Spencer Burford. Spencer Burford in particular. Well, everything was great, but I learned a lot about Spencer Burford. That made a ton of sense. Thank you very much. Yeah. Yeah. That's my guy, man. I like Spence. Cool. All right, man. Well, back at it next week. Next week. See man. you then. See you, man. See you guys.